Welcome to the July 29th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 29, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that anyone listening will have a great weekend. Lord, I pray that you would watch over them and protect them, give them wisdom this weekend, help them to have a good time. And Lord, above all, I pray that you let them know how much you truly love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at Proverb 29, beginning in verse 1. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. By transgression, an evil man is snared, but the righteous sings and rejoices. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. The rod and rebuke give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint but happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, 
but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. Friends, I'm going to take a quick look at verse 25 today, which states, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I'm going to very simply break this down for you. Guys, I've learned a long time ago not to worry or be concerned with what people think about me. And I can't really be any more clear than that. I have very few good, close friends. I really do. But a close friend will allow you to make mistakes. A good friend will correct you if you do something wrong. But you should not have fear of man. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I know one thing. I care about what God thinks about me. And it's very important to me. I do my best to please God in everything that I do. Now, I will tell you I'm human. I make mistakes. I am not perfect. I'm working on it. And yet, I still fall short and this is why we all need the grace of God. And we need a Savior. I need a Savior. And I made that realization a number of years ago. Way back in 1995, I made the realization that I had need of a Savior. And I invited Jesus into my heart. And hopefully, if anyone listening today has never taken that step you will have an opportunity later in this podcast to do that. Okay, yesterday I had a breakdown of the Old Testament, and we talked about how the 39 books in the Old Testament are broken down into five groupings of 5, 12, 5, 5, and 12. And if you missed that podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. And if you're not all that familiar with the Old Testament, I invite you to get out a notebook and take some notes. What I really encouraged everyone yesterday is I want everyone to have a desire in their heart and you may need to seek God in prayer about this, but I'm truly hoping that everyone has a desire to actually want to read all these books in the Old Testament. I know a lot of people that aren't all that familiar with the Bible 
always try to go to the New Testament, but let me tell you folks, some of the stories in the Old Testament are the stories that you guys know from the Bible. And the stories are wonderful. So I highly encourage you to become familiar with both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. So I told you yesterday that the total number of books in the Bible is 66. And there are 39 in the Old Testament. So 66 minus 39 leaves you with 27 books. And that is what the New Testament entails, 27 books. Now let's have a brief breakdown of the 27 books in the New Testament. And the New Testament begins with the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now of these four, John was the only one, well, John and Matthew were disciples. Mark was not a disciple, but he was a follower of Jesus. And I talked about him before. He is found in the Bible, as is Luke. Luke came much later. So Luke came after Jesus had died and was crucified. But Luke also was the author of the book of Acts. So that is the authors. So Matthew wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Mark wrote the Gospel of Mark. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke as well as the book of Acts. And John, who we often refer to as the disciple whom Jesus loved, John wrote a number of books. So John was the author of the Gospel of John, as well as at the end of the New Testament, he also was the author of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, as well as the last book of the Bible, the Revelation. And the book of Revelation primarily means the revelation of who Jesus Christ truly is. Now, the majority of the New Testament was written by Paul. Now, Paul, I went over this earlier in my podcast when I first started, and we talked about Paul was originally Saul of Tarsus, and he originally had been a persecutor of the early Christians. A matter of fact, he was present in the book of Acts chapter 8 when the first martyr recorded in the Bible, Stephen, was stoned to death in the book of Acts in chapter 8. And Saul actually carried the coats of the people who stoned um, Stephen. But when you go to chapter 9 of Acts, Saul of Tarsus has a, an epiphany. He has an encounter with the real Jesus, and over a period of three days, he loses his eyesight because of a blinding light. 
and the Spirit of Jesus encounters him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. So because of that encounter with Jesus, he is totally changed. And basically because of that, he actually writes two-thirds of the New Testament. So all of the books written by Paul are called the Pauline letters. And the letters that Paul wrote include the book of Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, the book of Galatians, the letter to the church in Ephesus called Ephesians, a letter to the church in Philippi called Philippians, a letter to the church in Colossae called Colossians, a, two letters to the church in Thessalonica called 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, two books to his protege, Timothy, called 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. That entails all of the letters by Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Hebrews is kind of an interesting book because the author of Hebrews is actually unknown. And many people presume that it was written by Paul, but there's a number of things in the book of Hebrew that basically goes against everything that Paul wrote. Usually Paul identifies himself in his letters. So we do not know for sure the author of Hebrews. And that leaves us with James, who was a half-brother of Jesus and grew up in the same house with Jesus. And if you go all the way down to the bottom, Jude is another half-brother of Jesus. And he also grew up in the same household with Jesus. And the only person left is Peter. Now we know Peter, he's probably the most famous disciple, probably other than John, and Peter is the one, and we know him because he was the fisherman, and he also often battled with Jesus, and he often questioned Jesus. So anyway, Peter is very, very well known, but a lot of times we think of Peter as the one who basically denied Jesus three times that he even knew Jesus. So this actually happened as Jesus is getting ready and he's being arrested. It's after Jesus has actually been arrested. He goes close to Jerusalem where all this is happening and taking place and Peter literally denies Jesus three times. And because of that, but Peter went on actually become one of the strongest Christians ever, and he actually became the first pope. And that is the New Testament. So for those of you 
unfamiliar with the Bible or not used to reading it on a regular basis, I am hoping that this makes the entire book of the Bible a little less intimidating to you, and I'm hoping that it will encourage you to open up this wonderful book and begin to take advantage of this on your own. I will remind you in Romans 10:17, it tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And friends, when I say hearing, I'm also talking about reading the Bible on your own. So I invite you to open up this wonderful book and take a look at it as though you're doing it for the first time. What I also encourage anyone to do before you read the Bible, I encourage you to pray. And this might be what your prayer sounds like. Father God, as I read and open up the pages of your word, I pray that you would reveal new things to me. I pray that I would understand exactly what these words mean so I can draw closer to you each time I open it up and read it. I encourage you to say that prayer every time you read, and if you say that prayer, I believe God will hear you, and he will hear your prayer, and he will answer you, and that is exactly what will happen. Friends, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Friends, if there is anyone listening to this podcast today and you've never taken that step, I invite you to say a simple prayer after me right now. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth and showing us an example of how we can live our lives every day. Thank you that you died on a cross for me, and when you did that, all of my sins were forgiven, past, present, and future. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you repeated that simple prayer, please send me a quick email, Kelly K-E-L-L-E-Y, 0807 at protonmail, M-A-I-L, dot com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy yourself if you have an opportunity. Please go to a church that preaches from the gospel. I encourage you to get with loved ones, get with like-minded people who are Christians. Surround yourself with these people and strengthen your faith each and every day. God bless you. Rejoin me on Monday as we further explore wisdom today.